Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Almost like this. It goes to show you that it really doesn't matter what the place that it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like you can meet with the Lord wherever you are. You really can. Right? When you call on Him, He shows up. Very simply. Let's not complicate it, okay? We've had too many centuries of complication. When you call on the Lord, He just shows up. He does. He does a good work in you and around you. So I I just want to pause before we get into the the message and the lesson. I would rather you listen to him first, okay? One more time, would you just bow your heads? And I'd like for you just to focus in on your breathing for a moment. And then focus in on the Lord. And will you talk to him? Because he is the breath in your lungs. He's the one that gives it to you. Talk to him about whatever's going on in your world good, bad, and indifferent. God, you're good. There's no way around it. You're good. We might think that you're not when we look at our circumstances, when we look at life, when we look at trauma or tragedy, when we look at our emotions that are a roller coaster, when we focus in on our our loneliness or our lack of. But our circumstances don't change your character. They don't change who you are. That I appreciate about you. And I'm grateful for that. That you are the rock on which we stand. You're our fortress. You're our strength. And in the moments that we feel weak, well, those are our strongest moments. 
come through. So Lord Jesus, will you meet with us today through, well, through the Word of God, but you've already been meeting with us right now. We just want to focus our attention on you. Calm our spirit, calm our mind. And may the truth of God resonate in our spirits as well. Teach us today. I ask these things, and we ask the things that we've just spoken to you in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. I do feel like I'm way far away from you. Um, I kind of like you, so I did shower this morning, um, so I don't smell bad, but I, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, um, we're, we're continuing our, our journey, um, and this, this has been a journey about work, wealth, and worth, and uh, this morning I'd like to draw our attention to a couple passages that are really important to all three of these aspects of this series, Genesis chapter 2 uh, and 3, and then also Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10 through 18. And uh, um, as you're turning, and I'd actually like for you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. So the first five books of the, New, of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So it's at the front end of the Bible. So if you don't have a Bible, uh, feel free to pull one out of the pew. Open your phone to Deuteronomy. Um, it's a fun word to say. Um, and so I, as you're doing that, I'd, I'd like to ask you a question. What is the value of your work? What's the value of what you do? When you go shopping, whether it's to the store or online, we ask that question, how much is it, right? How much is this? Is it worth my dollar? Is it worth the value? Because your work, your work has, has value, doesn't it? You could break it down, can't you? I was working at uh, a Medicare broker before I came here, and I was one of those customer service specialists. And uh, I was, at the time, I was seasonal, and I knew what I was hired at sitting at my desk, making these phone calls and answering these questions about Medicare and all those things. And I begin to process how much an hour the company was spending on seasonal help. It's very simple. You just add up all the seasonal employees and multiply that by the value that we were getting or the, the wage we were getting. And then you could break down how much an hour they were spending. And then I began to do this weird thing. I figured out how much a minute I was making. Isn't that weird, right? But your time is valuable, and as you're working, there's a value that's attributed to that work, isn't it? What's the fruit of your labor? Now, there are many folks in here that are retired, but many of us that are in the working workforce right now, and some of you that are getting educated to go into the workforce. I think sometimes the fruit of our labor looks a little different, doesn't it? It could be a quota that we have to make. 
it could be that moment where this, the light bulb goes off in that student's head and you can see it in their eyes. It could be the very first time they actually spoke a word and they're eight years old. It could be reuniting a family that had been disjointed for a long time. It could be making sure that that patient who came in with an ailment or a wound is able to walk out bandaged and healing. It could merely just be the exchange of one check to money, right? What's the fruit of your labor? What's the value of your work? God was actually talking about this to the Israelites. As they were kind of walking through the wilderness, when they would land in the promised land, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Would you read it with me? If you don't have it, it's on the screen. He said, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. Now, I know we often pray before we eat, but He said, man, after you've eaten and been satisfied, after you're full from, from Laneda or Tekka or McDonald's, praise the Lord. When they have to roll you out of the restaurant, or from the table. Praise the Lord. Well, he continues. He says, be careful. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws, His decrees, that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build the houses and settle down, notice that he's talking about the wealth that you're accruing. The food you eat, the houses you live in, and he continues. The houses you build and settle down, and when, you, when, when your herds and flocks grow larger, and your silver and gold increase and is multiplied, he's talking all about wealth. He said, remember. Don't forget. Don't forget, remember. Because then your heart will become proud. And notice where it leads to. And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt where you were forced to labor and you weren't able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Out of the land of slavery, He, he led you through the vast and dreadful desert that thirsty and wasteless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you, you water out of the hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known to humble and test you so that in the end, it might go well with you. Don't forget my decrees because if you forget my decrees and you look at your wealth, you're going to forget me and you're going to forget who I am, and you're going to forget what I did. So remember, you may say to yourself, look what he says. My power and the strength of my hands produced this wealth for me. But remember, remember, 
the Lord your God. For it is he who gave you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. One of my first times at the prison. No, I was not an inmate, for those of you who just meeting me for the first time. I was not an inmate. The first time at the prison, I, I took a couple, uh, whiteboard that they had just like this. And I drew two trees. I like purple. Let's go with purple. How's that? I'm not a great artist, okay? So please don't judge me on my art. I took two trees. Now, in the garden, the Lord God had formed Adam, and he, and he told him to go ahead and tend to the garden, to cultivate it. And he gave him a couple commands. One of those commands says, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden. Now, he also did say, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will die. Now, before that moment, the God had planted two trees in the garden. One, the tree of life. And the other, and I know you guys probably are struggling, struggle bus over there and you can't see it. Oh, this is from Matthew's office. He's going to kill me. Oh, I'm breaking his thing. All right. Well, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is going to rest right here on the altar. How about that? Is that okay? You just play with what you got, right? Just rock it out. This is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Thanks, man. Are you going <laughs> to... Jeez. Roll with the punches, my friend. So let's figure out how much he's making right now. Holding the sign. Thanks, Vanna. It's really nice of you. <laughs> We're just going to roll with it today. How about that? So... <laughs> The Lord planted Adam in the garden after he planted the tree of life and the knowledge of good and evil. And he told Adam, bro, you're free to eat the fruit of any tree in the garden. Why? Well, God knew Adam's value, right? Because Adam was of value before he even did any work. But he wanted Adam to understand the value of his work. And so as he labored, as he toiled, as he cultivated, he was able to enjoy the fruit of his work, was he not? And so just like you and me, you are able to enjoy the fruit of your labor. You're allowed to. In fact, remember our blueprint for our work 
actually comes out of Genesis chapter 1 and 2. At the very end of God's creative act, after he made humanity, after he made us, he stepped back and he enjoyed his work. He said, it's very good. You're good. He enjoyed the hands of his creation. He enjoyed the fruit of his labor. Now, he said, you're free to eat from any tree. That goes opposite of what many of us think in terms of the command of God, right? Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. You can't do that. No, the first thing he said was, you're free. Then he wanted us to enjoy the fruit of our labor. That included the tree of life. That included the fruit from the tree of life. Now picture this for a moment. Adam has to tend to the garden. The two that are in the middle of the garden, guess what he has to tend? The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right? It didn't just sit there. He cared for it just as well. Now, let's look what happened with Eve in Genesis 3, the breakdown of the story of humanity. Notice what she says. After the serpent said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said, we may eat the fruit of the trees, fruit of our labor, but God did say, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. Folks, there are two trees in the middle of the garden. Did she specify which tree? Mm -mm. She didn't. And then what did she say? She added to the command of God and said, you must not touch it or you will die. Well, how is Adam supposed to cultivate and tend the garden and the trees, specifically these two trees, if you don't, can't touch it? God just said, don't eat it, right? What does this look like? Well, first of all, let's kind of paraphrase this moment. God said, you can eat from any tree in the garden, but do not eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Vanna? There we go. Why? Why? Because it's mine. The fruit of this tree is mine. It's separate. The whole garden's special because I put you there. I put you there because you're special too. But of all the things in the garden that you're able to eat from, this one belongs to me, not you. Isn't it a curiosity how we actually have to teach our kids to share? Because it's almost innate when they're around two 
mine, 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 mine. Right? Are you there? Logan, are you there too, buddy? It's mine. You can't have it. Because they want everything. God said, no, hey, this is special. This is separate. This is sacred. This is mine. You're free to have everything else. So enjoy the fruit. Enjoy the fruit from every tree. But as you tend this tree, as your back is up against this tree, as you're picking up the fruit off the ground from this tree, that's mine. That sounds like a tithe, doesn't it? Now, if you're in the church for a long time, you understand that word. But if you just kind of started inching into the church, that word tithe doesn't mean a lick to you, does it? It doesn't. That word tithe from the Hebrew means tenth. One-tenth of the fruit of your labor. So God said that we're to tithe out of our wealth, right? Hopefully, I didn't practice this. I probably should have. I'm not sure if the fruit will stay up there. This would have been a lot better if we had a high platform, wouldn't it? Just kidding. See, God said that the tenth is sacred. It's special. It's mine. The tenth is the first fruit. Vanna, you got two hands, right? Michael, you're awesome, dude. Think you can juggle and catch? We're going to do our best to keep them in line here, okay? Boop. I, I chose orange to blend in with the carpet specifically. In honor of it, okay? Now, you're going to have to imagine that all five of them on this side are in line, okay? Do the best. I know you got it. See, God said that the tithe, the wealth that you generate, all 100%, he said, Ten of that's mine. 10% of that's mine. So we have, we have ten, ten oranges in a line, in a row, in a row. <laughs> How many oranges is the tithe? One. So let me ask this question. Which one is it? Which one is it? For you church-going folk, is it the one on the left, the far left, your left? Is it the one on the far right, your right? Which one is it? Huh. Did you know you read Hebrew from the left, from the right to the left? You English people. You're going, oh, it's all the one on the left. No. It's not the one on the left. It's not the one on the right. It's the first one. It's the first one. Well, which one's first? Oh, which one's first? God said to the Hebrew people, as you're going into the promised land, 
and your stomach is satisfied and you build houses and they're fine looking houses and you have cattle and they multiply because apparently that's what they do in the spring, right? They multiply. Is that true? You got chickens, they multiply. And as you generate silver and gold and that multiplies, don't forget or on the positive side, remember. Remember the Lord your God. Because if our work is our worship of God, if our work is worship of God, and our work is in partnership with God, then everything that we generate from our work, our wealth, Isn't that in worship of God too? I'll tell you how I used to do it. I used to go, I gotta have gas to get to my job. I gotta have food. And uh, I need to pay that mortgage. And then, um, you know, I like to hang out. And, oh wait, I got an electric bill. (laughs) Yeah, there's that birthday party that's coming up. Hmm. And, no, this was way before that. Whatever this is. (laughs) Then I gave God what was left over. I don't have anything left? Man, I'm terrible at budgeting. (laughs) You're like, we're not going to give $150,000 to this project if he can't budget his oranges. (laughs) Here's the thing. Proverbs chapter 3 talks about honoring the Lord with your wealth, but particularly your first fruits. Now many of you, oh, hey, there's one. (laughs) We'll just try to align them all here. How's that? The first sermon that I ever heard after I became a follower of Jesus, can I have that one? Was on tithe. Main Street Baptist. I was 19 years old, making zero dollars because all the dollars that were in my pocket were from my parents, so I could survive at college. And I remember the preacher talking about tithing and money. And I took my pen as I was trying to feverishly write notes because I wanted to learn, right? As soon as he said, your money is not your money, it's God's money, I threw I threw my pencil down and I cursed in church. I said, I won't say what I said, but you can kind of glean what I said. My money isn't his money. He didn't give it to me. He didn't make it. Again, all the money I had was from my mom. But that mentality 
walked with me for a long time. Into my, minim, my, my job at 9.36 an hour after I got a college degree and I was working 40 hours plus trying to make some money and then make ends meet. When I bought a house at 11.11 an hour, this is way long time ago. Can't do that now. We work about a third of our lives. And we talked about our work being an idol. And many of us find our worth in what we do. But what we do is often attached to the wage, isn't it? It's attached to the wage. And one follows the other. Doesn't it? And then before we know it, we find that our worth is not necessarily just attached with what we do, but attached to what we make and how we make it and what we do with it. Which one's the tithe? First one. Why? I'm not here just to talk to you about wealth here to talk to you about your significance about who you are about the meaning of your life and how we often misplace our worth in the wage in the fruit and what we do from the very beginning God said this is mine why? Because he knows our propensity to forget him. To forget where all of this comes from. The breath in your lungs isn't yours. It's borrowed. The energy in your body comes from the food that you eat, from the job that you work. But you take it all away and you will become emaciated. God says, remember, it's me that helps you generate all the wealth. And that when you forget who I am and what I've done for you, You'll find your worth in other things that eventually will go away and it will burn up. And so he said, I want to set something in place for you. The first fruit is mine. Why? Because you need to detach. You need to detach. And be reminded where your true worth is from. And so, when you give out of what God has given you, every time you do it, it's a reminder. It's a reminder that you are of value just because He created you. You are of value because He loves you. That you carry His image in you. 
that he stepped back and he said, you're good. This is very good. That what Jesus Christ did on the cross was for you. We've got to detach our worth from everything that we do and the wages that we make. Because in the end, somebody else will have it. Somebody else will have it. I want to remind you of something. Hopefully these fruit don't fall off. You don't see them up on the wall anymore. But there were three crosses up on the wall before we started to do our demo. Those three crosses were symbolic of Christ in the garden, on the cross, outside the city. There were three of them. Jesus was in the middle of them in the garden Golgotha the tree of life hung in the middle hopefully we can do the mental connection here that Jesus himself on the cross is the tree of life and as scripture says He's the first fruits. He gave his all, not just 10%, 100% of himself, so that we might have life. It's really interesting. If you read the first couple chapters, three chapters in, in the Bible, you open up to the last chapter in the Bible, Genesis and Revelation, we find the tree of life makes another appearance. Because when Jesus Christ comes back and He returns, it's the first fruits. We will finally have access to the fruit of that tree that's in the middle of the city of God, the new Jerusalem. You need to detach today your worth from your wage. You need to detach your worth from your work. Albeit, enjoy the fruit of your labor. It doesn't say that we can't enjoy it remember where it came from. Remember where it came from. Maybe you're finding your worth in things that are really of no value. Today I want to offer something to you of real value. A value that pays dividends throughout eternity as well as this life. Jesus Christ Himself, the tree of life.
do it today? Would you make that decision? Maybe for the first time in your entire life. Would you do it today? Heavenly Father. You've entrusted us with so much. The most precious thing that you've entrusted us with is our life and our soul. And our ability to choose. Today I pray and ask that if we have hung our worth on things that really don't pay off, that burn up, may today we choose something way different, something radical. May we choose you. So if you're here today and you have yet to cross that line of faith and something made sense today for the very first time about this faith that we have in Jesus Christ, you're recognizing something that you long for. Maybe you can't put your finger on it and that's okay. But there's something happening on the inside of you that says, man, I've got to have him. This is your moment. Choose that. Choose Him who is the source of your life. The source of your wealth, the source of your work, the one in which you were created to experience the love of. Make that choice this morning. It's not an emotional decision. probably the most logical decision that we can make. Would you do it? Would you detach yourself from those things that don't pay off? Find your meaning and your significance, your intention and your purpose in Christ. Jesus, I, I, I ask you to move. that's you today pray along with me it's not magical it's just simple Jesus I give you my life Jesus I give you my life I hand it over to you forgive me of my sin you are Lord and you are God Jesus I give you my life and I ask that you receive that I receive the life that you have Jesus I give you my life to receive your life prayed that sincerely today for the very first time would you would you make eye contact with me praise the Lord that's good Father for those that chose you today Lord, this is the beginning of a a wonderful journey. 
may they see the story of you unfold in their life. May their hearts open wider to receive the gift of your love and your presence and who you are. Lord, may we come around them and journey with them because we're all on the journey with you. We don't have it all figured out. But we do know the one who does, the author of life, Jesus Christ. Lord, I love you. For the rest of us, Lord, may we begin to honor you with our first fruits, with our wealth. May we also enjoy it. Because you've entrusted that to us. And may what we do with our wealth worship you. Because if our work is in worship of you, then the product of our work is also in worship of you. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you. If you did make that decision, please let us know, whether verbally or you can let us know online, but we'd love to talk with you. We'd love to talk with you and walk with you. Would you please stand today? Thanks, Vanna. Like, you've been up here the whole time. (laughs) You're awesome, dude. Folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Would you please love your neighbor as yourself? Have a wonderful, beautiful Sunday. We'll see you soon, okay? Thank you for listening to the Wapaknaz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future He has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community, and to love people to Jesus.